0: This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. We're on a series, and I'm still on the series, of Agape Love. And love is the key, amen. Uh, To our faith. You know, the Bible says uh, there's three forces of faith, hope, and love. And these are great forces. But, uh, but the greatest is love, amen? Faith is great, but you can do some things, you know, without love and it's empty. So we got to have love. Love is the key uh, that, that it's the engine behind our faith. Everything that we do um, in this life has to be motivated by love. Can I get a witness in the house today? <laughs> And we got to be motivated by love. You know, agape love, you know, in my uh, first session we talked about the different types of love. And, and agape love is the God kind of love. And, uh, and I have a definition here. It's a selfless, sacrificial love, not contingent on what others do for us or what others do to us. Amen. It's based solely on the love of God for us. And the love that he has deposited on the inside of us. So, so our love, our response to how people treat us, uh, it, it shouldn't, we shouldn't respond in a way where it's negative. We should always go back to responding by looking at what Jesus has done for us on the cross. And when we keep our focus on Jesus and the sacrifice that he paid, uh, that he forgave sinners, that he has forgiven us then we, we, it should behoove us to forgive others. Yeah. Can I get a witness to walk in the love of God? You know, in our first install, installment, we, we talked about you know, agape love, and, and we talked about this that um, in, in John 13, 34, and 35. Uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says, A new commandment I give you is to love one another. So, so love is a commandment. It's not just a suggestion. So, so, God, so, 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 really, God commands us to love. I like what one person said, we owe it to people. The Bible says, uh, owe no man anything but to love him, right? So, we really owe it to people to walk in love. God. Can I get a witness in the house today? We owe it. Why? Because, because Jesus paid that price for us so that we could have forgiveness of sins. So that we can have abundant life. So that we can have abundant grace. So that we can have no condemnation. Can I get a witness in the house today? So, 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 so it's a command. We know this, that the greatest commandments in Matthew 22, 36 to 37 and 39, 40 is to love your Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. This is the problem. You know, if you have a problem in walking in love, I would have to say the reason why we have that problem, because we're not focused on God enough. Or you could say it this way, we're focused on ourselves too much. We're either not focused on God enough, or we're focused on ourselves too much. And when we, when we you know, because we've got to fight this selfishness that, that creeps in, in us all the time. We've got to fight selfishness. That's, that's, a, that's the nature of the beast. That's the, you know, the, the what about me syndrome. But when you get out of that and you start focusing on loving God, living your life for God, not living your life for yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? Jesus said it this way. You, if you're going to be his follower, you have to pick up your cross and follow him. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? In other words, he, Jesus actually said this. I'm, I'm quoting Jesus now. You ready for this? He said for us to deny ourselves. <sighs> oh, my God. That's strong. He says, deny yourself. Pick up your cross. So, so, so really, you know, the, 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 the person that's the most miserable person on planet Earth is the one that's just focused on themselves. It, amen. But the, the most happiest person in, in Christianity is the one that's focused on serving and loving God and serving and loving other people. Can I get a witness in the house today? Amen. And so, and so really, when I get out of you know, myself and I start looking at ways to be a blessing to others, uh, my life seems to go up higher. Uh, there's something, there's an intrinsic uh, blessing that God downloads when we walk in blessing other people. Amen. Have you ever been there? Amen. Have you ever done anything good for somebody and there's something on the inside that you know God just smiled and said, that's a good thing that you did. Hallelujah. You, and so, so we want to be, we wanna be uh, people that walk in the love of God. We know this, that the de- definition of love, love in 1 Corinthians thirteen four through 8 we know that in uh, uh, the verse, first verse, it talks about if you do, you know, if you move mountains with your faith, if you speak with the tongues of angels, if you do all these uh, you know, miracles, but you don't have love, uh, Paul says you're nothing. So we can do a lot of works, but if there's no love behind our works, then we're oh, I'm preaching today. If there's no love, if you're just doing something out of obligation. Oh, I'm obligated. I, I'm, I'm here at church because I, I, I got to be here. I don't want lightning bolt to strike me from God. You know, I, 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 I got to just walk with God, you know. No, 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 no. We don't serve God out of obligation. We serve God out of love. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? It's, we're not obligated. Hopefully you're here today in church and you're not here because you feel like you got to be here. No, you're here because you want to be here. Why? Because you want to love God and you want to love people and you want to demonstrate the love of God wherever you go. Amen. Are you here what I'm saying today? I like what somebody said. Love is like perfume. You can't sprinkle some on other people without getting a little bit back on yourself. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? I don't know if you like that one or not, but glory to God. And uh, the definition of love, I'm going to read this, uh, you know, love is patient. Love is kind. And I think if you just focused on those two, you could probably do everything else. If you can just be patient and kind, then that's really, you could just boil it down to love is patient and kind, amen? Amen. And if you can just walk in some patience and some kindness, then people are going to see the love of God shining through you. Now it says love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Hey, I got I, I underlying that one. Love is not easily angered. How many people have a short fuse in here? How? <laughs> How many people get upset really easy? Amen. Hopefully, you know, and, and hopefully we, we do. We, we encounter situations where, where people may do things that may, may cause us to get angry. and, and, and But we got to check ourselves. Amen. We got to make sure that, that, you know, most people don't do things to hurt you. Uh, I was driving the other day and, uh, and uh, uh, a car came out and hit my car and just grazed it. And so I just stopped the car, you know, put on my hazards, looked at it. And it was just, it, it, it didn't really do too much damage. It was just a little light scratch. It looked like it could be buffed out. And I just said to the lady, I just, she, she got out. She, 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 she was Hispanic. She spoke, I think she spoke, you know, broken English. And she, and she didn't really know what to do. And I just said, and I looked at my car. She, her car looked worse than mine. And I, and I said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. No big deal. Just, sometimes you just got to let things go. You know, don't worry about it. Don't worry about, about the small stuff. Don't sweat the small Thank God it wasn't a big scratch. <laughs> it might have been a different story. But uh, it could have been a different story with a big bash in my car. But, uh, but, uh, but, but don't sweat the small stuff. It's, there's something, you know, that, that we need to learn to just forgive and forget. Somebody say forgive and forget. So love uh, does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth, always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And I love this about this, love never fails. So if you're walking in the love of God, it's impossible for you to fail in this Christian walk. It's impossible. In other words, the devil can be throwing everything at you and the kitchen sink. People may be talking bad about you, but if you don't take that in, if you don't receive that as an offense, if you just pray for your enemies, you keep the love walk going, glory to God, you will eventually win. Amen. Can I get a win? You won't lose in this life. You see, Stephen, the first martyr of the church that preached to to these religious people, and he was trying to wake them up. You know, and and they stoned him to death. They they threw stones at him. And he was the first martyr. And he said, Father, do not hold this against them. He walked in love to the very end of, of his life. And you know what? Jesus, the Bible said... He saw Jesus in heaven standing up. You know, Jesus is normally seated at the right hand of the Father. But he was standing up. It wasn't just because of his faith. It was because of his love. He stood up because Stephen walked in the love of God. Look at your neighbor and say, walk in the love of God. Amen. The second part that I preached on uh, in my love series is that, that the second part is that, that we need to be like God. You don't want to be like the devil. You don't want to act like the devil. You want to act like God. How many people want to act like God in here? Amen? And what is God like? What is God like? Is God critical? Is God judgmental? Is God a person that... Taught, you know? God, God is not all that... In Psalms 86, 15, it says, But you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion, gracious, long-suffering, and ab- abundant in mercy and in truth. That's God's character. He's, he's compassionate. He's gracious. He's long-suffering. He's abundant in mercy and in truth. Let me ask you a question this morning. How many times will God forgive you? <laughs> How many times do you come to God that He will forgive you? Is it is it seven times like Peter when he was asking Jesus, "How many times I should forgive my brother?" How many times do you think God will forgive you? A lot. that oh, He's just waiting for us to ask. So 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 His His forgiving power is abundant. His forgiving power is amazing. It, he, he, he forgives us. Why? Because, because He longs to walk with us and have a relationship with us. And relationship is more important to God, I'm preaching today, Glory, hallelujah. than Him judging our actions. Amen. He wants to love us. He wants to walk with us. He wants us to have a communication with us. He doesn't want sin separating us from Him. That's the reason why he allows 1 John 1, 9. If you, if, you are, if you sin and you ask forgiveness, he is faithful and righteous to forgive you of some, no, all unrighteousness. Why? If he forgives you of all unrighteousness, that means that you're walking in righteousness with God. You're walking in right standing with him. Open fellowship. Open relationship. In Psalms 145, 8, 9, it says, The Lord is gracious Full of compassion, slow to anger. See, that's what we need to be. We need to be people that are gracious, full of compassion, uh, uh, gracious, long-suffering or patient, abundant in mercy and truth. That's what kind of people that God wants us to be. Can I get a witness in the house today? Amen. The greatest attribute of God's love is His mercy. We talked about that. In, in, the greatest attribute of His mercy and mercy is really compassion and forbearance shown especially to an offender. So, God's mercy, are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? It's, it's, his, his, it's his love shown to an offender. Uh, you know, I, I think about that, and we, we talked about this through the series that God delights in us repenting, turning to Him. Really, repentance is basically saying, God, I'm turning my back from the world. I'm turning my back from doing my thing and I'm turning myself to you and I'm turning to do your thing. That's what repentance is. It's basically turning to God. It's saying I'm done with, 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 my, with my sinful life. I'm ready to serve God. And so, and so we, we got to get a revelation of that, that, that God delights in that and that, that his mercy will forgive us and bring us into that relationship with God. You could say this, that agape love, and I talked about this in my earlier sessions. You could say agape love is giving and forgiving. If you want to boil it down to the gospel uh, of Christ, it, it, the gospel of Christ is giving and forgiving. The definition would be in John three sixteen and seventeen, and and this is. This is God's greatest attribute. Says it's His mercy, and in His mercy, He's given us forgiveness. Glory to God. He's given us His Son. So in John three sixteen seventeen, it actually says it this way: For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. You know that's John three. We all know that. But 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 this is this is God giving. And this is God forgiving. He gave his son to pay the price so that we can be forgiven. He, He gave, so it's giving and forgiving. And then I like this where it says, For God did not send his son, verse 17, into the world to condemn the world. God is not looking to condemn us this morning. He's looking to lift us up. He's looking to bless us. He's looking to do something marvelous in our lives. So so that was the second session. On the third session, we talked about a godly love. The reason why we walk in love is for godly influence. Godly influence. We need to be influencing people for the kingdom of God. Jesus walked around and he preached the kingdom of God wherever he went. And when he preached the kingdom of God, he was talking about how to walk with God. And, and he was demonstrating the kingdom of God. And how was he doing that? He was praying for people. He was delivering people. He was, he was uh, doing financial miracles in people's lives. He was, he was multiplying fish and loaves. And, and he, was doing, he was making people's lives better. And this is, you've got to ask yourself, Wherever you at, are you making somebody's life better or are you making it worse? Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Are you, are you adding to somebody's bucket? You know, I, I think there was a, a book talking about uh, uh, how to be an influencer. And we're either adding to somebody or we're taking from somebody. Oh, it's quiet in this church today. We're, we're either adding, how do we add? We're going to be talking about how we can add uh, uh, to people, how we can be a blessing to people. We're going to be talking about that, but, but, but we need to add and not subtract. Subtract is talking bad about people, being negative, being critical, doing these things. But, but being, you know, adding is being positive. It's adding to somebody like a sincere compliment will add to somebody glory to God. And so, so we need to understand this, that we need to be effective influencers. In other words, some people, the only God that they will see, I'm preaching today, is the God that's in you. The only God that they will see is the God that's in me. You can, you can tweet that. The only God I, It rhymes, right? The only God that people will see is the God that they see in me. So, so where we are, in it, we we are called to be influencers. We are called to be witnesses. I I was uh, at the um, uh, Golden Crowd the other day, and I was witnessing to the uh, to the uh, waiter. And I, as I was witnessing to that waiter, uh, and uh, and talking to him, and I ended up praying for him. There were some people in another table that saw me witnessing. Glory to God! And 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 they, they said. Uh, 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 something like, uh, have a good day, minister. You know, as I was walking by their table. And, uh, and, and what is interesting to me is that, that people are watching us and people are listening to what we do. Amen. People are, are, are observing us all the time. We're being observed. You know, you're not just being observed by people. You're being observed by angels. Amen. You're being observed by God. The all see eye of God. God sees everything. Yeah. Nothing is hidden from God. Everything is laid open and bare before our, our God. Amen. In other words, every deed that we do, everything that we do, God, God sees that. He takes account for it in heaven. That's the reason why there's a reward system in heaven. Do you know there's a reward system in heaven? That, that means that that when we live our life and we live it for God and we live a sacrificial uh you know, life for God. Uh, when we get to heaven, we'll stand in the in the judgment seat of Christ. The Bible says everybody will, will stand in front of that. That's Christians will stand in the judgment seat of Christ. And, and, and Jesus will judge us for what we've done down here. And he's judging us for a reward system. In other words, he's going to see the good that we've done and he's going to reward us for it. Are you get, can you get a witness? in the house? I mean, that's that's amazing. And so, so, so we just do good, but you know what causes us to do good? It's God's love. It's God's grace. If it wasn't for his grace, we couldn't walk in love. If it wasn't for his grace, we couldn't even get out of bed. And so God gives us the power. You, you have the power to walk in the love of God. So, so what I said in the third session is that we need to be very careful that, that we don't allow hurt feelings we don't allow offenses to stay in our life because offense and hurt feelings, it will poison us and keep us from walking in the love of God. If we're holding hurt and we're holding pains, it will keep us from walking in the love of God. And I talked about that uh, in that session. So you need to really check that out. Uh, you know, the Bible says in Hebrews twelve fifteen, it says, See to that no one falls short of the grace of God, that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many, so he's saying here: see that no one falls short of the grace of God. We don't want to fall short of the grace of God. That no bitter root grows up to cause trouble to defile many. In other words, if we're harboring ill will, bitterness, it won't cause us to spread the love. It will. It will cause us to spread hate. It will, It will cause us to spread dissension. It will cause us to spread the wrong things. We don't want to do that. I like what it says in Philippians 2, 14 and 15. It says, do everything. Somebody say, do everything. Amen. Without grumbling or arguing. Amen. Now I'll read the rest. So that you may become blameless and pure children without fault warped in a crook, crooked generation. Then you will shine among them in, like stars in the sky. So we see that I love this. I I, I actually sent that out on my text uh, uh, text scriptures yesterday. And the bottom line is, and, and I'm talking today. I'm going to talk to you, and I'm focusing on communication today. And we're either if in your communication when you're talking, you're either talking negative or you're either talking positive. There, there's you're you're either saying things that are oh, look how bad it is, look how bad it's getting, whatever. Or you're talking the positive. God's doing good things, God's moving, Uh, uh, God's grace is here. We're either negative or positive, and we need to stay positive. We don't want to go negative in our communication. We don't want to, it's easy to talk about what's going on, just watch the news. And it's always bad news, and it's easy to talk about it, you know, the economy, everything. Let's talk about God's economy. God's doing things; He's moving. Glory to God. In Matthew five sixteen, it says this way: Being a godly influence, uh, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father that is in heaven. So we see here that Jesus is saying that He wants our light to shine. How we how we let our light shine by doing good deeds by by being a blessing, by walking in love towards others. Amen? So today I want to talk to you, focus on communication, godly communication. There are four levels of communication that we, that we engage in every day. Surface communication. These are cliches on how are you doing. I, I like my, my dad. Some people ask my dad, how are you doing? When my dad was here, he's in heaven right now. He would say, outstanding, praise God. I love that. Does anybody remember dad saying that? Uh, you guys remember that? Outstanding. Praise God. What if we started answering that? That way. I'm outstanding. Praise God. Uh, I remember that we were at a hospital. I, think, I don't know if we were visiting somebody. My dad was there. And a nun came up to my dad. And, my, and, my dad, and she asked how my dad was doing. And, and he said, blessed and anointed. And she did. Because only priests can be blessed and anointed, right? (laughs) Only priests can be blessed and anointed. And she took a double take. What? Do you know that you're anointed? Mm. Do you know you're blessed? Amen. Amen. You are the anointed of God. You're blessed. It's okay to say, I'm blessed and anointed. It's okay to say, outstanding. Glory to God. I, I love that. My dad was a very positive person. And we could just take some cues from that. Dad, dad uh, hope you, hopefully you're listening. Amen. Up from heaven in the grandstands. Glory to God. And, uh, and, uh, and the, the next part of communication is generating information. Passing information or details of what you're going to do that day. We don't say, I'm going to the store. But I want to just say this. Let, let's add something to what we do that day. Really, every day we're supposed to be building the kingdom of God. Can I get a witness? So every day, so, so you're going to the grocery store. And so, so when somebody asks you, what are you doing? I'm going to the grocery store and build the kingdom of God. Amen. I'm going to the laundromat and build the kingdom. I'm going to the car wash and build the kingdom of God. In other words, wherever we go, we need to have this. I'm, I'm going out and I'm building the kingdom of God. Can I get a witness in the house today? But that was a pretty weak, Amen. Glory to God. <laughs> amen. And then, and number, and number three our, our levels of communication are deep feelings. We 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 get transparent with our our, our feelings. Uh, this normally occurs in close friendships or dating relationships, and we and we feel to people, you know, our love for them. Glory to God. And so and so it's uh, deep. Feelings, and we know this: that that in James the Bible says when you get close to people, it says here that we should confess our misgivings or our faults to one another, and that we should be praying for one another. In other words, we shouldn't be hiding our weaknesses. Can I get a witness in the house today? We need if you want if you want to get rid of your weakness, expose your weakness. Oh, I'm preaching today. If you want to get rid of a weakness. Then expose that weakness. Tell somebody about your weakness. Amen. Uh, the fourth thing, uh, uh, deep needs. And that's normally with a uh, relationship with a husband and wife. Amen. You know, the Bible talks about that the greatest need for a woman is to be loved. Well, I got an amen there. And the greatest need for a man is to be respected. Oh, I got, a, I got an amen on the man. Boy, I, boy I'm, I'm hitting it today. And so a woman wants to be loved and a man wants to be honored and respected. You know, that's the reason why you got these war heroes that will go in in battle and they will fight to do whatever they can, like saving Private Ryan and all this. Why They're looking for that silver star, glory to God. They're looking for that medal. They want to be honored. You know, babies cry for it and men die for it. Honor. And so we see that in Ephesians 5.25. It's interesting that Paul says it three times in, in Ephesians 5.25-33. For husbands to love your wives. He doesn't tell the wives to love your husbands. He, he instructs for the husbands. to Why? Because, because sometimes husbands can love their careers more than their spouse. They can love their work more than, than, than their families. Are oh, you hearing what I'm saying to you today? But, but, but husbands, love your wives, as it says in Ephesians. And, and, and I'm dropping down. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Husbands ought to love their own wives at their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And then at the, the last, um, uh, on verse 33, he says, Nevertheless, let each one of you particularly love his own wife as himself and let his wife see that she respects her husband. Amen. Uh, amen. Amen. So, so I Roy, I, let me submit this to you this morning. If the husband is really loving the wife, it shouldn't be a problem for the wife to respect the husband. Oh, I'm preaching. It should be an easy gig. Is that is is that right? So, if, if the wife is being truly loved, then, then it should be no problem for the for the wife to to to, to honor her husband. Four barriers of communication. Uh, when we get hurt, we we withdraw. Uh, we allow our defensive walls to go up. Amen? And we, we tend to uh, 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 go the silent treatment. We stop talking. And what is the enemy trying to do? The enemy is trying to keep us to shut down, to clam up, to stop talking. Am I, am I getting No, no, no. That's what the enemy is trying to do. But we need to be talking. We need to talk things out. Amen. And, and, so, and so we don't want to be a person that isolates himself. You know, I think about Elijah that, 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 that took down the 400 bells, the prophet that, that, that had a great victory um, uh, with his sacrifice. And uh, then Jezebel, you know, sent word that he was going to kill Elijah. And what did he do? He ran. He hid. He isolated himself. And what does the enemy wants us to do when we're hurt? He wants us to isolate ourselves. And I'm telling you, none of us are any good by ourselves. We need each other. Sometimes we we make a mistake. We fall. We don't do the right things. Sometimes uh, the enemy said, well, you didn't live right, you know, last week. You you might as well not even go to church. See, that's what the enemy's trying to do. He's trying to keep us from being together because we're better together. Can I get a witness? In Proverbs 18.1, it says, "A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire, but he who rages against all wise judgment." So we need to be very careful when we hurt that we don't isolate ourselves. Uh, in when we when we uh, in communication, when we get upset, uh, sometimes it moves into emotional heated communication, yelling, getting stern in our words, and we need to be very careful. You need to control your anger. You need to control how that anger comes out, out at you. You need, to take a, you need to step back and slow down, amen, and control your anger. And the Bible says a hot-tempered man, Proverbs fifteen eight, starts fights. A cold-tempered man stops them. So you you got to be very careful that you're not allowing what people are doing or saying to get you upset or angry. You know, step back. Be quiet. You know, I, I think about that. And I think about Jesus when they threw that, that person that was caught in adultery, the lady that was caught in adultery, and said and said the, 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 the law says to stone her. And, and Jesus really, he got so upset with these religious people at times. But what Jesus did was he just, he was quiet. He sat and he wrote on the ground. He took his time. He didn't, he didn't just blurt out, hey, you, you, you know, he didn't blurt out anything just quickly. No, he said those without, without sin cast the first stone. But the, the bottom line is what I'm saying here to you today is that we need to slow down when things are coming at us and we need to pray. Slow down and pray. Seek God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And when we do that, God can reveal truth not only to us, But we also pray for the other party. And maybe God will reveal truth to that person or that other party that you got entangled with. Can I get a witness in the house today? There's something about prayer. Do you know that God holds the hearts of the kings in his hands? Have you ever heard that scripture? In other words, we we can't change people, but God can change people. We can't change people in what we do, but God can change people. But, but I'm gonna, can I submit this to you this morning? Prayer can change people. So what do you do? Well, if somebody does something and you, before you get upset and argue and fuss and fight, step back and pray. Get God in the situation. Amen? We don't want to go to level three where, where we get hurt and we're belittling people and we're talking negative about people's traits. We don't want to agree with their problems. There's a spiritual, uh, there's a spiritual uh, law that talks about the power of agreement. We don't want to stand in agreement with people's issues. Amen? Can I get a witness in the house today? In other words, we want to agree in what's good, and we want to speak what's good over the people. And James 5.9 says, Do not complain against one another, believers, so that you will not be judged, uh, for the judge is standing at the door. So we don't want to be complaining Glory to God. Uh, I'm going to say this. This is a quote from Brother Hagan: You cannot make your candle brighter by putting out somebody else's candle. You can't, you can't make yours brighter by putting somebody else's candle down. Amen. Glory to God. Uh, uh, then with, then uh, uh, hurts and pains turns into false beliefs. We start believing wrong things about people. Glory to God. You know, I'm very careful, even if I'm on the Internet, sometimes something will come up on, on my feed that would say, uh, uh, it will talk bad about some minister. And it, was, and it wants you to go on to there and read it. Like, look how bad this minister is or, or whatever. And, and we got to be very careful that it, that's gossip. That's, and, and, and a lot of stuff that's on the Internet is negative. And will try to draw us into those kind of things. You've got to be very careful with social media. Because a lot of it is trying to draw you in and captivate your mind into the negative. Amen. And you want to stay in the positive. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So we don't want to be uh, uh, believing false things about people. In Luke 6, 37, 38, it says, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall, be, uh, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you'll be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So it's really, we, we use this a lot of times as preachers use this scripture, you know, about, about uh, this as money. But it's really talking about love and forgiveness. It's about it, whatever we give, we will receive back. And if you give a little bit of mercy, guess what you're going to get back? Mercy. So let's just talk a little quickly about the power of, of words. And really, our words are containers. And they will and they will uh, hold life or death, blessing or curse. And we know in Proverbs 18.21, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So we're going to eat the fruit of our words. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So we need to be very careful that we're not eating the fruit of negative words. We want to be eating the fruit of positive words. In James 1, 19 and 20, it says, My beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. For the wrath of man works not righteousness of God. Amen? So we've got to be, if we're going to be very careful in what we say, amen, then we're going to have to be slow to speak And slow to wrath. And then in James, uh, verse 26, 1 to 26, James is saying to us, If any man among you seems to be religious and bridles not his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man's religion is vain. So I'm going to say this to you today. Christianity, one person said Christianity is called the great confession. I love that. It's what we confess who we are. What we have, we confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the great confession. But, but also, uh, we need to get a revelation of this, that even though it's the great confession, we also, uh, being Christians, means that we bridle our tongues and we don't speak the negative in the circumstances and situations in our lives. So we, 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 we uh, very careful, we put, the Bible says that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Our words are powerful. They can wreck havoc or they can build kingdoms. Can you hear me? Can you hear what I'm saying today? I love it because when, when, G, when God created in Genesis 1, 1 through 3, he created it, uh, the world and he spoke the worlds into existence. And he said, let there be light and there was light. God created everything by the power of his words. You're going to create things by your words or you're going to destroy things by your words. And, and your words will either cause things to get better or cause things to get worse. Can I get a revelation today? I mean, amen. And so we got to get that revelation. And so uh, I like what it says in 1 Peter 3.10. For he who loves life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. How many people want to love life in here? How many people want to see good days? Well, you need to refrain your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good and let him seek peace and pursue it. So we got to make sure that our words aren't causing problems in not only our lives, because your words can cause problems in other people's lives. Amen. Can I get a witness what we say and gossip can cause problems in other people's lives. Glory to God. Jesus said it this way in, 12, in Matthew twelve thirty six 36-37. He said, I tell you, on the day of judgment, men will have to give account for every idle, inoperative, non-working word that they speak. For by your words, you will be justified or acquitted, and by your words, you will be condemned. So Jesus says our power of our words will either cause us to be blessed in God's sight or the power of our words will cause us to be judged in God's sight. Can I get a witness in the house today? Our words can usher us in to the kingdom of God. That's how you got saved in Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and and, and believe that, that he was raised from the dead, you shall be saved. That's how we get things in this life. We confess with our mouths and we believe in our hearts. That is a faith principle. And you need to start speaking good things. I'm going to say this, parents, maybe your kids aren't doing everything right, but start speaking some good things over them. Maybe your spouse isn't doing everything right. But start speaking some good things over your spouse. Maybe some, there's some areas in some relationships that doesn't seem right. Spe- start speaking right things over those circumstances. Start praying and watch God move things around. I'm going to give you seven keys and I'm closing down here. Key ways to enhance your relationships. Number one, give sincere compliments to people. Find something positive to say. Amen. In other words, look for look for ways to compliment people. Don't don't see a lot of times uh, you find that people that are opinionated, normally their opinions are more negative than positive. Have you ever have you ever heard that that person's opinionated? Normally they're talking why because they're talking about what they like and what they dislike. Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? But no, no, no we we want to always find something positive. I heard about this man that was like the worst sinner in town. He was, he was uh, in the morgue, and the, and the preacher was a positive preacher. And, uh, and, he, and he, was a ba- he was a sinner. Uh, he probably didn't make it to heaven. And, and, and people would speak, was talking negative about this man. But this one guy that was positive looked in the casket and said, at least he has nice hair. Are you here what I say today? In other words, you can find something positive even, uh, even among the worst of people. You can find something positive to say. Look at your neighbor and say, get positive. Get positive. In Proverbs 25, 11, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver. Number two, we need to be more thankful in our words. In other words, show gratitude with people. We need to be thankful and, and not negative. We need to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. In 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Uh, in Psalms 107, it says, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. So what is the enemy trying to do? He's trying to get us negative. And if he can get us unthankful, if the devil can get us unthankful about where we're at in our life and, 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 and our, our status in life and get us thinking about the negative and unthankful, then that's going to cause us not to walk in the love of God. I, 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 I declare to you today that a thankful heart is a loving heart. An unthankful heart is an un- oh, I'm preaching today. An unthankful heart is an unloving heart. You'll find that when you get unthankful, you're not loving anymore. And when you start thanking God, somebody, uh, 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 I think, uh, uh, studied the most wealthiest people uh, around. And, and, and they found out some things that they would do that caused them to be wealthy. And, and, and one of the things that, uh, that, 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 that these people had a lot in common was they, they would wake up and they would have a list of things that they were thankful for. And they, would just, and they would meditate on all the things that they were thankful for. And it caused them to grow in their wealth. Oh, I'm preaching today. How many people want to grow in wealth today? Start getting thankful. How many people want to increase today? Start being thankful. Uh, number three, we need to have open express of affection. We, we, you, need, you need to love people. You know, I, I love that we have on Sunday mornings where we call it the meet and greet. And we come together and we love on each other. We hug on each other. We show each other how much we love each other. Amen. That's, that's, that's the kingdom of God. What do you think we're going to be doing in heaven? Loving on each other. Loving God and loving each other. I'm telling you, it, 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 that's what church is like. It's a little slice of heaven down here on earth. And when we, when we uh, show the love of God for each one of us, we're displaying what heaven is. Is like We know that, that Jesus, when he was ministering at one time in Matthew 8, 1-3, there was a leper. And, and at that time, the lepers were separated from the population. And, and, and they weren't supposed to mix with regular people. But Jesus came up and the Bible says he touched the leper and healed the leper. In other words, we need to be loving to those that are unlovely. That's the greatest level of love. It's not loving people that are lovely. It's loving people that are unlovely. How many people can do that? That is a tough uh, pill to swallow. It's to love people that are unlovely. But if you do that, guess what? They're going to start becoming lovely. Can I get a witness in the house today? Number four, we need to give encouragement. We need to give encouragement wherever we're at. We just need to be encouragers. Barnabas was called the son of encouragement in the New Testament. He he was a person that that, that wherever he was at, people liked being around him because he was always given an encouraging word. In Ephesians 4.29, he said, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So I want to say this to you, and you need to ask yourself, are you a person that encourages or are you a person that discourages? Can I get a witness in the house? It's quiet in this walk today. We want to be a person that encourage, right? And we, we want to be encouragers. We don't want to be discouragers. How do you discourage? You talk about what you don't like. That's discourage. You know, if, if you want to encourage, you talk about what you do like. Can I get a witness? And you love this message. Glory to God. Number five, you walk in kindness. We need to learn to walk in kindness. In Proverbs 15, it says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. In other words, we need to learn to be kind in all that we do. Number six, we need to speak the truth in love. You know, there's, there's a saying that, says, that goes this way. It's not what you say, it's how you say it. It's not what you say, but it's how you say it. So you can say it in a way where it's not offensive and putting the walls up in somebody else's life. You can say it's not what you say, it's how it comes across to people. Can I get a witness in the house today? So, so we need to speak in love, glory to God. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, 15, speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head of Christ. Amen. And so I want to say this, that truth without grace is mean. Grace without truth is meaningless. Truth and grace is medicine. Amen. Can can you get a witness in the house today? Let me say it again. Truth without grace is mean. Grace without truth is meaningless. Truth and grace is medicine. Amen. Number seven, we need to be transparent as a person of prayer. Always looking for opportunities to pray for people in our relationships. And so that's what we need to be doing. We need to be looking for opportunities to to get God into people's lives. And that's how we can become a loving influence. That's how we can become a loving blessing to those around us. And if we keep walking in these attributes of love, I'm telling you, it's not going to be long. This church is going to be so filled up and packed. Oh, I'm preaching today. Oh, that we're going to have to get a bigger place. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? It's going to be our love that's going to draw people in, and that love is going to keep people, and that love is going to transform people. How many people have been transformed by the love of God? I'm, t- I'm seeing transformed people in here today. Let's, let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and your goodness. I thank you, Father God, that your love is shed abroad in each one of our hearts by your Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you, Father, for the precious people here in this audience. I thank you for the precious people that's watching online. And perhaps you've never experienced the love of God. And right now, Jesus is knocking on your door. He's asking to come in so that he could fellowship with you, so that he could have a relationship. And maybe you've never confessed Jesus as your Lord. Well, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. So I want to invite you to ask Jesus into your life so that you can experience all that he has for you, so that you can can experience his love. Say this and it in your heart if you're ready to move forward in God. Say, dear God. I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.